This week on the show, the post office and Bonanza are adding fees, while eBay, Poshmark, and Etsy are adding some features. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. Today's episode features a uh, <laughs> an unfortunate, I guess, maybe return to uh, some extensive reselling news, some of which is interesting and good, and some of which is unfortunately not so bright as we head into the uh, upcoming fourth quarter holiday selling season. So let's, uh, and then I'll have some better news. We'll have a, a pretty interesting what sold segment at the end, but let's get it kicked off with some reselling news. News updates. We're, we're just going to get the bad news out of the way right away. The United States Postal Service has announced that they are going to hit holiday shippers for the third consecutive year with a premium price for shipments. Online sellers will pay an extra 75 cents for each package shipped via flat rate priority mail during the holidays, according to the announcement. Sellers could, depending on the package size, style, and weight, pay as much as $6.50 extra per package, depending on what zone it happens to be going to. That's up from, that's up from $5 from the 2021 rates. So this is a pretty hefty increase. If you are a seller like I am, who has kind of converted over to the buyer pays shipping model, the only potential downside to this would be obviously the, the price for the end user for the customer is going to increase substantially. So we'll see how that all shakes out. The other issue, of course, is going to be there's another article that I don't have here today for us, but the Postal Service is still trying to hire additional help for the holiday season. But as it stands, they they are already indicating that they are understaffed. So they're going to, again, as they probably have for the last couple of years, charge us higher fees and deliver, unfortunately, potentially lesser service. Uh, they note in this article, which I will, of course, link to in the show notes in the video description below, uh, for instance, a priority mail small flat rate box is going to jump from $8.25 to $9. A one pound package going to zone nine will cost $17.19. Priority mail commercial rate during the holidays compared to $16.39 today. It's an 80 cent jump. The probably for me, the worst part of this announcement is last year they extended it a little bit kind of at the beginning of the month and a little bit at the end. This time they're doing it even longer at the end. So the surcharge is going to go into effect on October 2nd, which I think is maybe a couple weeks earlier than last year. And it's going to run until January 22nd. So this is essentially, what is that? November, December, January, essentially three full months, a full quarter of the year this holiday surcharge is going to be in place. So that's a pretty lengthy time that we'll be paying these extra fees. Additionally, that week in January is typically when the United States Postal Service permanent price increases also go into effect. 
I don't know. They haven't announced those yet, so I don't know how they're going to stack up compared to these, this holiday surcharge. Last year, the permanent increase actually came in a little bit under the holiday surcharge. So while the price was more than you were paying back in September of last year, it was less than during the holidays. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. But start preparing now for how you want to attack holiday shipping pricing because it is going to go up. If you caught the uh, interview I did with Brandon, the media picker last week, he and I talked a little bit about Bonanza and he had actually stopped listing on Bonanza because he just wasn't getting that much traffic over there. Uh, To add fuel to the fire, to those who are not sold on Bonanza, they recently announced a new transaction fee, which is interesting because they don't actually process the transaction. So (laughs) uh, the transactions are done by PayPal, who of course already charges a transaction fee as part of their business model. So Bonanza is adding a new 25 cent transaction fee for all sales beginning at the end of August. You can continue to post items to Bonanza for free. This new transaction fee will only be assessed on completed sales. If you are someone who happens to have a membership at Bonanza, I don't I don't personally know anybody who does who does enough business to justify paying that expense. But if you are a subscriber over there, you will be exempt from the fee. In a blog post announcement on Tuesday of last week, the company cited inflation as a factor in its decision, noting that it had not raised fees since 2016. So kudos to them, I guess, six years with no fee increase. The rest of these places have increased fees multiple times during that window. So I guess we can be happy that they held off as long as they did on this, but the fees are going up. They say, quote, As sellers are well aware, marketplaces have continually raised their fees over the years. Bonanza has not made any changes to our fee structure since 2016, despite increasing inflation. As we evaluate the changes to the current economic market, we realize we need to make an adjustment to our pricing policy in order to counter the rise in operational costs to minimize the impact on our selling community. Bonanza has made the decision to add a flat rate transaction fee of 25 cents on all completed sales at the end of August 2022. Uh, Bonanza claims that they are also a small business. I don't, I don't have any idea what their volume actually is over there. I can only assume based on my personal experience that it is not super, super high and their costs, obviously like everybody else's have gone up. So I guess you can justify an extra 25 cents. It's in the scheme of things. I suppose it's not that big a deal, but this stuff as we talk about on this show from time to time, <laughs> uh, it does add up. You know, 25 cents here, 30 cents there, and all of a sudden you're talking about some real money. So if you are a seller on Bonanza, be aware of that coming up. So now on to some, some better news. Again, if you watched the interview I did with Brandon, we talked a little bit about the 1099 tax form situation and how Some sellers, especially casual sellers, are going to be impacted by this new regulation that requires these third-party platforms like eBay, Amazon, PayPal, and so on, Venmo, pretty much all of them, to provide a 1099 to both you and the IRS if you have had gross transactions on their site over $600 during the year. eBay has partnered with TaxAct on a really, really nice site which goes into quite a bit of detail while they are careful to say they are not giving tax or legal advice and that you should speak to your lawyer or accountant for specific details. 
there's a ton of really valuable information over there. Again, I will link to this in the show notes and the video description below. But if you have questions on the new 1099 requirements and how they may affect you as a casual seller or as a kind of full-time permanent seller who has never before hit that $20,000 threshold that used to be in place, this is a really terrific resource. Um, I spent quite a bit of time going through it and reading even the stuff that did not apply to me. So if you have any questions at all, I would strongly recommend that you go check this out. They have targeted 1099k tax guidance for eBay sellers provided by Tax Act. They have launched a tax information center for eBay sellers to help you understand this form 1099k and your obligations. This tax information center offers expert articles, blogs, tips, and insights that may be relevant to your unique situation. They also provide a five-point tax preparation checklist that will help ensure that you're compliant when you file your taxes. Of course, you can also then sign up to use Tax Act to do your taxes if you're inclined to do that sort of thing. So, and again, they do have the disclaimer at the bottom, eBay and its affiliates do not provide legal tax or accounting advice. It is being, the material is being provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as and should not be relied upon for legal tax, accounting, or other professional advice. So use that at your discretion, but there is some really, really good information over there. Uh, Etsy is going to run a promotion on Labor Day but it is only going to be available to people who are shopping on the mobile app, which is a really interesting approach to this. I don't know if they're trying to drive additional traffic through mobile. I'm not sure what the strategy is behind it, but Etsy has invited sellers to mark down prices in order to get visibility in its annual Labor Day sales event. But this year, Etsy is marking the event only to shoppers on the Etsy mobile app. And while Etsy marketed as a global event, in 2021, this year, the sale is going to be limited to U.S. and Canadian shoppers. Uh, how they target that to those specific people, I find really interesting because I was on a thread a couple of times on the Etsy community boards about Etsy not allowing uh, the extra business day delay for like Monday postal holidays. And every, the, the, the Etsy supporters were all saying, well, Etsy is a worldwide site. They can't specify things for just holidays in one country or the other. Yet here, <laughs> uh, they are somehow able to differentiate between customers in the U.S. and Canada. So I, it is what it is, but if you are a seller on Etsy, uh, you probably received a message, gosh, probably a week or 10 days ago about opting in to participate in this program. So it'll be available Labor Day weekend only for buyers on the mobile app and only in the U.S., and Canada. Also different this year, the article points out, is the amount by which sellers must discount their items. Last year, they required a discount of at least 20%. This year, prices must be 15% off from August 31st through September 4th, and then 25% off or more on September 5th and 6th. And Etsy told sellers, quote, to sweeten the deal, you can also set up targeted offers like thank you, coupons, abandoned cart discounts, and favorited item discounts. Those are things I've talked about previously that I'm, I'm using two of the three. I have, there have been literally hundreds of favorites and abandoned carts for me in the two plus months I've been on Etsy, and I've made one sale through this marketing program. 
It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. So I would encourage you to sign up for it, but don't expect, I think, terrific sales out of it because at least in my experience, it just doesn't really generate all that much. But you can find full detail announcements on the seller announcement board over on Etsy. And they also publish their August guide to key shopping dates and upcoming seller events on the seller handbook. Poshmark, for their part, we haven't really talked about Posh in a while, but they did a blog post on the 12th and they have added a ton of new features. So if you are a seller on Poshmark, you probably already were notified of some of this, but there is some really cool stuff going on over there. Uh, This blog post is their feature, latest feature updates. Closet QR codes. Your closet now has a unique QR code, making it even easier to connect. Simply show your QR code link to people directly to, yeah, to link people directly, sorry, to your closet. And here are some ways you can use it. Share it during Poshmark or community hosted events. Add your QR code to business cards, stickers, social media posts, and more. Or include a QR code printout in your packages so buyers can easily find your shop. Again, you can find yours by heading to the account tab and scrolling down to QR code. It is available on mobile. Uh, Match buyers last offer. This is a really interesting one and something I, I would be curious if other sites are doing or would consider doing. They say, regret declining an offer? Now you can accept the buyer's last offer even after you've countered. This will send the offer back to the buyer and they can accept it to secure the purchase. Here's how it can benefit you, of course. Get another shot at making a sale by matching their last offer. Capitalize on more opportunities to close the sale. Offer great customer service by re-engaging with a potential shopper. And offer great customer service, they say that twice, (laughs) by re-engaging with a potential shopper. So they're really high on that one. But that's a really interesting feature. You counter-offer somebody who maybe gave you a reasonable but not outstanding offer and they went dark and didn't accept the offer, you can re-engage them by uh, offering to match what their previous offer was. So that's a really interesting one. Let me know if that's something, if you're on Posh, that you would use. Uh, Another highly requested feature is Select All. We know you've been asking for it and it took us longer than expected, but the wait is over. Select All is now available when using bulk listing actions to share to followers and Posh parties. Save time by sharing all of your listings in just a few clicks. Bulk share to followers to keep your listings at the top of search results, brand pages, feeds, and more. And bulk share to parties to reach a large number of motivated shoppers all at once. Tap the tools icon in your closet to try it out. They note it has also been added to my shoppers. Make sure you have an updated version of the app in order to try it out. Uh, Another one that was highly requested, rotating images on your phone. If you're listing from mobile, now you can rotate photos directly on your phone when uploading images to listings, making it even faster to create listings on the go. Stay organized by removing the need to revisit and edit photos in another app beforehand. Save time and list quicker and easier when uploading images on the app. So some really interesting features coming in over at Poshmark, which apparently they're going to need because their stock (laughs) is dropping like a stone in the ocean. So there's an article on The Motley Fool, What Happened Shares of the Social Clothing Marketplace Poshmark. 
fell last Friday after the company's profitability in the second quarter of 2022 fell short of expectations. It was down about 8% at the end of the day, but earlier in the session, it had been down as much as 16.5%. This is an interesting one because Poshmark, while growing revenue and doing pretty good amounts of business, is not profitable. They're not. They're actually hemorrhaging cash. In Q2, Poshmark generated net revenue of $89.1 million, up 9% from the same quarter last year. Their management had only guided for $88 million, and analysts only expected about 87 million, so they did beat expectations in terms of revenue performance. The bottom line, however, was a different story. The management at Posh had guided for negative adjusted earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of between 9 and $11 million. So their business plan, if you can follow this, was to generate $88 million in revenue but lose up to $11 million in doing so, which obviously is not sustainable over the long run. you got to figure out eventually how to make some money. It's Q2 loss was $9.8 million, which was within that range, but analysts had expected a loss per share of only $0.27, and it actually ended up being $0.29 per share. So falling short of that number appears to be why the stock was down. For the upcoming quarter, Poshmark guided for revenue of, again, between $85 and $87 million, which would be another 8% year-over-year growth. The article points out many companies have had better growth numbers, but few stocks appear to be as discarded as Poshmark. As of this writing, it trades for $11.82 per share, yet it has $7.41 per share in cash on the balance sheet and has no long-term debt, which was really interesting. They did have negative free cash flow of $3.5 million, which means it's not really burning a ton of money. So while it's on paper, it's losing a lot of money. They're not necessarily negatively burning through their cash haul. They have $581 million on hand. So while they're struggling on the financial statements, they're in pretty solid condition financially. They've got a lot of money in the bank and not a ton of debt. So they can afford for a while, it looks like, probably to go on with this. But obviously, you can't do that forever. Eventually, you got to figure out how to make some money. So if you're a seller on Poshmark, this may not affect your day-to-day business. Certainly not to the extent that all those great new features they just added will. Uh, but there is there are some negative headwinds over at Posh. With all that being said, uh, let's talk about some stuff that sold here at the Galaxy last week. All right, so uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I do these, I put this thing together, I add things to the photo file during the week, and I don't always remember when I sit down to do this what all is in here, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple of things this week that are not books. This first item, however, of course, is a book. Uh, 1965 10th anniversary yearbook and directory for the St. Luke Parish in Beaver Creek, which is a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. This was in part of the big lot of books that I bought, so I'm into this for about a nickel. It was in pretty bad condition. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see there is tape all up and down the spine holding the cover together on this thing. But again, it's a it's not something that's real common. It's also not something that's necessarily going to have a big potential buyer base, but 
as with a lot of these things, it only takes one person <laughs> uh, to make this thing work. There was nothing else from this particular church in Beaver Creek that I could find available for sale. So I listed this thing for $24.99 plus shipping. I sent out an offer to a watcher at 15% off, and this thing sold for $21.24 with media mail shipping. So church directories, and I've talked about like the, the church community, cookbooks and recipe collections, all of that stuff. If, if I can buy it cheaply enough, under 25 cents generally, I'll grab them all up and list them and just let them sit until somebody stumbles on them. They almost all invariably sell. They're not huge money, but if your cost of goods sold is only a nickel, they are fairly profitable. Another item, another old book. This is from 1894, Shakespeare's Comedy of a Winter's Tale by Israel Gollins. Uh, it was a J.M. Dent publication. That's a company in London, so this is a, a British book. It was a small, almost pocket-sized book. I had it originally listed for $39.99 or best offer, and there was just no activity on it. It was in my current 35% off sale, which made it $25.99, and somebody sent me an offer for $21.24 with free shipping, and I went in and took that. I own this. This was part of a big estate sale lot that I've had for probably well over a year, but I own it for $0.50. Cents. Another book from the big lot, so another five-center, Marie Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty by Imbert de Saint-Amarnd. This was from 1891, so again, another pre-1900s era book. This was in pretty remarkable condition, given its age. A little bit of shelfware on the spine of the book and some staining on the cover. Pages were lightly tanned, but all in all, for a book that's 100 plus years old, it was in pretty remarkable shape. This sold for $27.99 plus customer paid media mail shipping. Another book from that same lot, Make a Chair from a Tree, An Introduction to Working Green Wood by John Alexander. This was a kind of a trade paperback. This was a second edition in not fantastic condition. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see from the photo that the the picture, the cover is warped. It was obviously had been exposed to some moisture at some point. There was some staining and tanning of the pages, but all of these books, regardless of their condition, seemed to be selling around the $30 price range. I listed mine for $32.99 plus customer paid shipping. I sent out a 15% off offer to a watcher and sold it for $28.04. A Blu-ray. This was part of the big buy I've mentioned a couple of times that I did at the Friends of the Library sale here in Hamilton back in the spring. So I'm into this for, I believe, $2. Uh, the Wizard of Lies. This was starring Robert De Niro. It is out of print. It's not available. So this actually commanded pretty good money. I sold this thing for $34.99 plus media mail shipping. So that's one to be on the lookout for. Robert De Niro's. The Wizard of Lies. It was an HBO film. Uh, this one, again, was a library edition, so it did have some library markings on it, so it was not a pristine copy. If it was, it's probably a $40 or $45 Blu-ray. These were really interesting. So in a big estate lot that I bought, man, two years ago, there were these two small advertising cards. They're about the size of trading cards 
from a company called Howers Oats. They're, they had artwork on the front and a little story about the company on the back of these things. There was nothing out there that I could find like them. No comps, no nothing. I listed these things for $75 free shipping. They were in my 35% off sale. So they were $48.75. Someone made me an offer of $41. These were essentially free to me because they were stuck in a book. I didn't have any idea they were there when I bought that lot. So essentially cost of goods sold is $0 and they sold for 41 bucks. So old, again, paper ephemera is not my specialty, but something like this, old advertising cards and old ads can be pretty good. Another old book, also part of the big lot. So five cents cost of goods sold. A Black Bear's Story by Emile Lears from 1967. This was a Viking Press library binding edition. So it had its hardcover with its dust jacket. And when you took the hardcover off, the actual cover of the book exactly matched the graphic on the dust jacket, which was really cool. I listed this thing for $44.99 plus shipping, not necessarily having any expectations that it would sell for that much, but... Ultimately, it did. So another five cents into $45. Uh, This is another free-to-me item. Uh, My parents are downsizing. Hi, Mom and Dad, if you happen to be watching. (laughs) Uh, And they wanted to get rid of some electronics. They had switched over to a sound bar for their home entertainment system. So I lugged this thing home. It's a vintage Pioneer SX255R stereo receiver. 190 watts with its remote. I tested it. It was working. Everything worked like expected. I listed this thing for $69.99 plus customer paid UPS ground shipping. And I actually, this was a a kind of an interesting story. I had a customer that reached out and he offered $55. I countered at 60. He declined the offer and then bought the item at full price. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm not quite sure what's going on here, if you had a problem accepting my counteroffer or what, what happened, but it looked like I had agreed to $60, and I'm pretty sure you're the same person that I had made that offer to, and you just bought it for 69 If that's you and there was a problem, just let me know, and I'll refund the $9.99, which is ultimately what I did. He sent me a message, very nice message. He says, I'm an old man <laughs> uh, needing a receiver for my system. I really want this thing, and I was confused about how the offers worked on eBay, and I think I hit the wrong button. Please ship it to me. That would be awesome. So I went ahead and refunded this guy the 10 bucks. Again, not something you probably necessarily have to do, but from a customer service standpoint, I just felt it was the right thing to do because I had made that offer. So this thing ultimately was $60 with customer-paid shipping. And now... Your flip of the week. Individually, nothing super spectacular here in these books, but cumulatively, they added up to a pretty nice sale. I've talked previously about math textbooks and science textbooks from kind of pre-1980 era. This is a uh, one customer purchased three of these books, Differential and Difference Equations from 1966, Introduction to Set Theory and Topology from 1962, and Parallelisms of complete designs from 1976. Not books that you're likely to find just laying around somewhere, but I was at an estate sale. 
a little over a year ago where the person was obviously had been a math professor and there were tons of these vintage math texts. I bought a whole bunch of them for a dollar a piece. This individual bought these three for an average price of $29.99 or yeah, $29.99 a piece for a total sale of $89.97 plus customer paid media mail shipping on a cost of goods sold of just $3 total. So again, uh, as I talk about each week, there is some money to be made in in books and in media. Uh, if you didn't catch the episode from last week with Brandon, the media picker, go back and check that out. He has some really good insights into how he runs his uh, primarily CD and DVD media business. So go check that out if you are inclined to do so. I will be doing a show. Uh, I, I'm still on the fence. I may do this live actually on Thursday, but I'm going to be speaking to Callie Reseller Luis on the show, uh, who is really big on live auctions, which I know absolutely nothing <laughs> uh, about. I, I don't know the process. I don't know, I don't know why you would choose to do an auction versus just listing stuff on the sites, whether you would do it on YouTube, like he does pretty regularly, or where you would go to do those sorts of things. So this should be, at least for me, a really interesting conversation, and I hope it will be for you as well. So be on the lookout for that. It will either be live at 3 o'clock on Thursday, or it will be published sometime late Thursday, depending on whether we decide to go live or not. So again, hopefully you are all having a great week. Uh, There's been a A lot of stuff going on in the reselling world this week. I hope the news update was useful for you and that you all have a terrific week. Until we meet again, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.